0: here we are again yes sir how's your week been
1: uh besides uh thinking about barbecuing my pet belly pig things have been going okay
0: hey man i dig on swine let's have a barbecue yeah
1: my daughter might not care for that idea
0: <laughs> too much though speaking of daughters <laughs> man i'm pulling my hair out trying to teach mine to read she she's very smart and she knows what she's doing but She's also pretty good at acting. So when she doesn't want to participate, she'll quote-unquote not know words that she knows. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you know she's faking because she knows the words. Right. Like these are lists that we are just kind of drill over from time to time and it's just like read these ten words and then we'll move to something else. And she knows them flat, right? But then she'll start being like, you know, saying it wrong and asking you know, yeah, and, and the problem is that she does this exact same thing when she do, actually doesn't know so you're kind of in that like you know just use the letters that are in the word and sound it out and stop wiggling around and let's you know and then you get to the point like dude just three more words <laughs> and I can be done like we can be done you know don't, done with your homework but
1: um, and a lot of times you wonder how much of that they're doing on purpose I remember we used, to, uh, we used to do uh, Christmas pictures when I was married, and we try to get the kids to pose. And remember my son, it would take literally 70 shots to actually get <laughs> a good shot, because every one, he would do something to mess with us to where he'd screw the shot up. <laughs> uh, it's driving me bad shit crazy, man. Uh, got any vacations planned? Uh, not as of yet. Uh, really haven't. I haven't thought that far ahead yet <laughs>
0: it's, it's starting to get hot so i'm starting to look at the lake trying to get out and yeah that's always a good time man see if, see if we can't find any monsters in the lake uh, you but, never know what you might find in the deep man well that's why we're here at episode 36 of the scary dad podcast scott and i are Unhonorary members of the Cryptozoological Society, (laughs) and we've done some extensive research on uh, multiple cryptids. So we're going to uh, start our series on, basically, monsters. Are they real? Are they not real? I don't know. Uh, We're not here to debunk. We're just here to tell the stories. A lot of people really
1: believe they are. A lot of people believe they've seen
0: them, so... Yeah. So... Um, and we're like I said we're not here to, to to bunk or debunk we're just here to tell the story Just discuss so um, this will be the first in what I hope to be multiple uh, episodes on uh, cryptids and crypto cryptozoology um, Sasquatch Bigfoot chupacabras skunk s- ape skunk ape man bear pig the, the, the whole swap
1: thing all those things.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get into it. We're gonna start our series uh, with probably some one of the more popular uh, monsters out there which is uh, the lake monster. Um, happen all over the world in large bodies of water. Um, they, we're talking about freshwater monsters. We'll do sea monsters in, in a future episode. Uh, although they kind of seem to look the same in a lot of cases. They look the same
1: in a lot of cases, uh, but there are some uh, some sea monsters that are easily uh, proven. Proven, we, Yeah, yep. we know what they are. Right. Um,
0: but first, let's fire into, uh, well, let's do a promo for the Hail Ming podcast. Yes, they got friends over there. They've been helping us out quite a bit, so uh, take a listen. If, you, if, you're, if you've been hearing us talk about it, but you're quite not sure what it's uh, all about yet,
1: just listen to this little promo and give them a go uh, if you get a chance I guarantee you'll enjoy it Glytus I'm bored what
2: plaything can you offer me today an obscure body in the SK system your majesty the inhabitants refer to it as the planet earth how peaceful it looks <laughs> most Your Majesty, we'll destroy this Earth. Destroy it. Utterly. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Heming Ming Disobedience to Ming, For now,
1: you can find us at Legion Podcast.
2: You can find us on Facebook, iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastidges.
1: Hey, Ming. breaking two electric boogaloo. Samurai cop, army of
2: darkness, flash dance. <laughs> we might
0: destroy
1: the planet if we twice.
0: And we're back. Yes. So go over there, hit those guys up. Uh I really recommend the the uh One Crazy Summer episode. That one is awesome. <laughs> uh, had me laughing so hard I, I just couldn't even see straight and uh instant fan and i've gone back and i've listened to quite a bit more of their others
1: and if you and if you really love them check out short bus cinema as well absolutely they're, they're, they're on that end too and that's some good stuff there
0: so we're we're uh we're working with them we're gonna see if we can't either get on their show or get them on our show here sometime very soon so <clears throat> so let's rock into the history segment happy the 19th of june yes 1846 the first official baseball game is played it got popular quick yeah (laughs) um didn't write much more about it it was just kind of a blurb on the wikipedia but i thought that was notable i mean we're coming into summer i mean yeah baseball and summertime are are pretty uh inseparable so um you know go out hit the sandlot
1: that, that, that is one sport of America's pastime, as they say. That is mm-hmm. one sport that took off and really endeared itself. And
0: Absolutely. All right. 1865.
1: Juneteenth.
0: Dude, this is messed up. I feel like no. I should be
1: pouring a 40 out right now. but Dude,
0: we, we, live, we live in a world of, like, instant information where people are live-tweeting events as they happen from the other side of the world. Yeah. So this, this is just pure tragedy. But uh, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, slavery slaves in Galveston are informed of their freedom. So it's been two years. Now, to be fair, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't wasn't exactly the law of the land until the war ended in eighteen sixty-five.
1: It was a speech.
0: Right. It was was it was basically an executive order.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But at the time, the confederate states of america were a sovereign nation so yep.
1: the it didn't apply to them yet.
0: it didn't apply to them um i mean it technically did it, te- it technically applied only to them because there were still slave owning right. areas in the north that it didn't apply to but um yeah it was 1865 when they finally found out like oh hey wait <laughs> We, we were off two years ago. <laughs> I've been sitting over here waiting for my smoke break, and I've been off the whole time. So, bitch. Nineteen ten, the first Father's Day is celebrated. Happy Father's
1: Day. Yeah, Happy Father's Day. Get a get, get a tie. A, not even that normally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get told what I'm going to cook for supper that night. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: and in 1934 the communications act establishes the fcc yay the good old seven words you can't say on television you know no boobs in prime time or well anytime really until i cable used to love on.
1: british television on public broadcasting station back when i was young because you could see boobs
0: oh yeah <laughs> remember in uh uh cri- uh european vacation where they're in the hotel and it's like either pictures of cheese or boobs.
1: people <laughs> yeah. like, God, come, look, come look at the TV. <laughs> Speaking of that, I actually watched uh, Office Space the other night since we had talked about it in the last episode. Dude, Put on channel Nine, Peter. <laughs> Dude, back when I used to work in the bar, I was in the bar scene,
0: and there was many, many, many nights of all-nighters. You know, you go to work at. <laughs> I'd say five, but actually I'd go to work at around like seven or eight, close down the bar, we'd drink in the bar afterwards or go find a place, to hang out at a friend's house or whatever, multiple strings, long strings of days where we'd watch the sun come up. And, uh, my sister and I lived together at the time and, um, we didn't always travel in the same circles. You know, she had her friends, I had mine, and we had those that we, but I remember many nights or many mornings coming home, just like still still drunk, you know, come knocking into the house about 8 o'clock in the morning, and she's sitting, in, she's sitting there watching Office Space. She's like, dude, sit around and watch Office Space. Like, man, <laughs> there was a point which I had that movie memorized. Oh, that's a great movie. I wasn't working corporate America at the time, so it was kind of, uh, but I had been. I yeah. had in the past, so I was just like, man, no more Mondays. Mondays suck. <laughs>
1: Great movie, and for those of you that aren't aware, it's actually based off of Mike Judge's character Milton from the mm-hmm. cartoon series he had. That was the basis of the uh, inspiration of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So, he's the ancillary character in the movie, but he's if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had Office. He was the
0: main character in the cartoon.
1: Yes. All right,
0: notable births on this date, eighteen ninety-seven. Mo Howard of the Three Stooges was
1: born. That's a good one. That is a good one. That was one of my favorites when I was a kid, and I still watch them to this day. I got a DVD set here that I throw in every once in a while.
0: Slapstick comedy. It's like we were talking about like Bob Hope that time, and how mm-hmm. it's like he's it, it's all jokes, but his jokes fall flat. Maybe they maybe they were funny to somebody, maybe they were relevant to somebody, but that somebody is not me. But the Three Stooges are timeless. Oh,
1: dude, you can't help but laugh if you watch them. Dude. I mean, it's so
0: funny. Just the choreography with their their slaps and their knocks and their ho- nose honks and they're just kind of high jinks and,
1: and a little underlying you know, humor everywhere. And yeah.
0: How, how the story just like whatever it is they're trying to do just the story just is about, it's about to go bad, whatever they're going to do it. Somebody's going to bungle it up and then they're going to just struggle the whole time trying to fix it and then bump into it. <laughs> it's just, it cracks you up, dude. Oh, I yeah. love, I love the three students. What,
1: what episode jumps in your mind?
0: Um, dude, I think they all just kind of mesh. I mm-hmm. just have this scene in my mind. They're like in a hotel room and they're just they're just bonking each other on the head And like every time <laughs> they just like bang It's probably just an amalgam of all their of all their episodes. Okay. Um, what, what's about yours? The, the first
1: one just in my mind is when they, they show up at this this rich per, uh, rich people's house as exterminators. And they actually plant mice and and roaches to have to exterminate. And it's just they they bring a bag a sack of cats with them to let loose to catch all the it's just it's a great episode, man. it it is so funny. (laughs) We used to go
0: when I was a kid, we lived in a small town outside of Corpus Christi called Portland. And um, do you remember Mr. Gaddy's Pizza? Oh yeah, very well. Mr. Gaddy's Pizza I've been I've been living in especially with the Hail Ming podcast, I've been living in this kind of weird 80s nostalgia world for the last couple weeks, and um, so they mentioned on Hell Ming the old uh, Nintendo wrestling game with the Starman, and remember that? Yeah. And they had a they had an arcade, you know, and it was old. It was like pre Street Fighter, but this uh, this Mister Gaddy's had a pizza buffet, and they had like all these great old, you know, uh, Nintendo video games, like that uh, that cowboy shooting game, Mm -hmm. and then the wrestling game, and. They also had a closed-off room where all they played was like Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy. Um, I think like though well, they'd have cartoons. So they'd have like Old Mary Melodies and uh-huh. Bugs Bunny and stuff. Yeah. And so all the kids would go in that room and watch TV, and all the parents would watch football or whatever else. See, I just had a projection, screen. one of those
1: uh, old rear projections with the three lights on the back. Yeah. That's the TV you'd have with the cartoons.
0: Absolutely. Um, and we used to go there every week. Like the whole town would go in there and it was just a, a blast. Well, our,
1: our small town I grew up in, our Mr. Gaddy's actually had a water slide. The guy, oh, wow. the guy put a water slide right next door to it and it had a little shack. It wasn't like a water park, it was only a huge water slide. Just one. And uh, <laughs> I remember it was, it was a staple when I was a kid and uh, this guy who was already an asshole in school named brady la fell off of it he went ran around a court curve and just actually tipped over the side and fell off of it Ooh. and they shut down the water slide and he was hated by all kids in <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> his parents sued and they had to shut down the water slide did he get badly hurt uh uh he wasn't he still walked he had a limp but uh i guess he Hurt bad but enough. consider considering how high he fell from, he didn't really get hurt that bad. Uh, so <laughs> it could yeah, have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse.
2: All right,
0: moving on in scary history 1962. <clears throat> Paula Abdul was born. Yay! <laughs> hey man, sometimes she's hot, so, sometimes she I had was. a crush on her back in the day. She, she was when she was drunk on American Idol and slurring words. That's like, still you know, kind of hot. You girl. It's
1: can't just, think very good. It's like the <laughs> 3, o'clock girl, 3 o'clock girl you find in a parking lot on the way home, you
0: know? <laughs> I don't know, did you ever <laughs> see those outtakes? Like, I never watched American Idol. I watched it out of curiosity. My ex used
1: to watch it, so I used to see it all the time.
0: I watched it out of curiosity in the first season. Like, the first, maybe, I don't know. I was working in the bars, so whatever happened to be on when I was at the bar and people watched it. I watched, like, you know, segments between commercials mm-hmm. before we changed the channel to something else. But I would see, like, Simon Cowell, like, bitching at people, and Paul Abdul was kind of the one that would, like, smooth it out. Right. And then the other guy was kind of like the, the you know, he, he the black guy was like, no nonsense, like, I either like you or don't, you know, yeah. like, or you've got potential. Paul Abdul's like, oh, you're wonderful. really nice. And then Simon Cowell was like, either you, like, you suck and here's all the reasons why your parents <laughs> should have, like strangled each other before you were ever born you know like just meanness he
1: played that role very well
0: oh, oh yeah but then one time there was outtakes it was like right after right before she got pulled off the show i saw it on like the news they had an outtake where she was wasted oh yeah <laughs> and she's just like you can't think you can't sing, <laughs> and you just need a practice and maybe your dreams will come true but not here and it was just like oh, It was like so rough. Cool. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was painful to watch, man. It, it was it was rough. I don't understand. I never got a like we talk about torture. I don't I don't enjoy watching people get dressed down. I'd yeah. rather I'd rather watch them like like fight or something and bleed, <laughs> but I don't want to watch them get insulted. That's just not entertaining for me.
1: <laughs> Especially when they there's nothing they didn't not give anything back.
0: Right. They're just taking it, you know. <laughs> All right, nineteen seventy-eight. Zoe Saldana, she's uh, Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. She was in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in what's that? Uh, what was the Dances with Wolves movie in space? Um, Avatar. Okay. So,
1: Dances in, with Wolves in space. That's like all it. it
0: was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Notable Deaths, 1937, J.M. Barrie, author of Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't didn't do a whole lot more than Peter Pan, but Peter Pan was huge. (laughs) Uh, 1993, William Golding, who wrote Lord of the Flies.
1: I read that book when I was 14, and it it freaked me out. Because it's it's a pretty intense book. Oh, yeah. It's very realistic
0: it's a it's an appeal from it's it's an appeal for government
1: yeah yeah it's uh, anarchy out of anarchy comes chaos um and it was just it was it was nuts man it was no order it was uh
0: the irony is that these kids are on the island and they're all fighting and chasing each other down and killing each other you have the one outsider that had he had they caught him and killed him then the rest of the society would have probably just gone on and they, they would have certainly he was the voice of reason, and they chased him out, and they were chasing him down, whatever. But the irony of it was, and it's one of those things I've never seen, but I noticed it right when I read, they're saved by, s- by sailors in the Navy who are at war right now. Like, they were on a plane to escape, like, to get to get away, mm-hmm. and the plane got shot down or crashed for whatever reason, and they got lost on the island, but it's wartime. right the grown-ups are fighting each other and killing each other too but they're just doing it officially yeah but they're that's salvation they're sanctioned but that's that's salvation whereas they're doing exactly the same thing that these kids are doing they're just kids instead yeah so that was, that was something that it might have been written about but I've never seen it I've never seen it put that way I'm right like, wait a second these guys the soldiers are no more civilized than the kids than are. The kids are right <laughs> All right, let's get into some Lake Monster. Well, you want to get
1: a little movie news out of the way, real quick? Oh yeah, I let's let's got some stuff for you, man. Uh, of course, uh, you know that uh, the Mummy's coming out. <laughs> did, uh,
0: you, did you see that thing that guy posted about how he could fix the Mummy? No. He's like, I think I remember seeing something, but I can't remember what it was. He's like, he's like, hey. Here's how you can fix that mummy, that mummy movie. Opening scene, have Tom Cruise just being doing what he is, and then have Brendan Fraser pop out of nowhere and just beat the shit yeah. out of him and <laughs> pull him out of the airplane. Just like,
1: yeah, Tom Cruise isn't my favorite actor. He's been in some great movies that, uh, that are very endeared to me, but him, as far as his, his acting ability, I find he's always the same character. Same guy. Just doing a different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Either mixing drinks, driving race cars, you know, something like that. But Flying airplanes. But Risky Business was just an outstanding movie back in the day, man. I... The only thing I've ever seen him in
0: where he actually emoted and had more than one feeling was Vanilla Sky. I
1: was going to say Tropic Thunder.
0: Well, Tropic Thunder, but that was a comedic role. I'm talking yeah. like in a drama role, yeah, which yeah. he's known for. was Vanilla Sky. He actually, you know, he had a look on his face like thing- things are different. and I right. should, You know, but... Uh, which is no, it was not a very good movie, but it was one of his better acting roles, right?
1: Well, the, the mummy is uh, the beginning of a uh, universal's dark universe, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be creating like this uh, Avengers style team of horror uh, villains or characters. And uh, the next one coming out is going to be the Bride of Frankenstein, which is getting a nice little reboot, uh, which ought to be interesting. But it is not coming out till 2019, but that is currently in development right now. So. They bring, it, it surprised me that Bride of Frankenstein would be one that they bring out, but it, you know, she has a distinctive look. Mm-hmm. Can be a character you can get uh, the Earth Two and stuff. So that's cool to look forward to. Uh, let me let me let me interrupt you since you oh, left gee. with the,
0: let's since you landed on the Bride. <clears throat> As of this recording, Wonder Woman is the number one movie in America. Yep. it'll probably still be number one by the time this podcast. I've Heard
1: is great launch. things about it too. So.
0: Um, I haven't gotten to see it. It came out uh, this Friday. And I'm not going to be able to see it till Friday. So, um, and then this is actually landing on the 19th, so it'll be two weeks from now that this episode lands. So, um, or it's two weeks ago that we're talking. Um, but I've been reading the num- number one movie in America, great film, you know, whatever. But I've been starting to see all this, like, gender bias crap pop yeah, up. Yeah, uh, I was
1: the, hoping you'd bring that
0: up. About <laughs> so. how, like, it's like, oh, well, it proves that a woman can carry a, 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 an action film. Yeah, the
1: largest opening for a woman. And, uh, and,
0: and all this different stuff. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm sure that there are some circles of either academics or dumbasses that, that, give, a shit. <laughs> that give a shit about this. But the first thing that comes to mind is Ripley. Okay, so Alien was in 1979, mm-hmm. and, and Sigourney Weaver helmed an action movie that did tremendous oh, yeah. numbers. Spawned multiple sequels that she also helmed. You know, nobody thought, nobody said, like, holy shit, that can't possibly happen. It's a chick. It's like...
1: It was just a movie. It was, it was just a, a cool movie, movie to it's go watch.
0: Wonder Woman is one of those properties that the character has been around for 75 years. She's been through multiple iterations mm-hmm. in her time. But anytime a comic book movie, anything that's storyboarded out, anything that's a hot property like a character of that nature, it doesn't matter if they're male or female or uh, a raccoon. Like, If you're true to the character that everybody loves and you yeah. don't try to change them into You'll something the they're not... People are going to come see it. And especially like with Wonder Woman, the last time she was on screen, except for cartoons, was 40 something years ago. Right. You know, I think it was like 77, 78. So it's like 40 years ago. And she is one of the most recognizable characters in TV history. Right. Of all TV shows that have ever been made, hers is one of the more recognizable. There's no possible way anybody could have looked at a property like Wonder Woman and thought. No, people won't see it. Yeah, we, this a is girl. a risk. This
1: is a high risk uh, like <laughs> uh, project. And
0: if, and if they were saying that, they need to be fired because that's not that's not how we think, right? You know, that's not how comic book people think. Or I don't think it's just generally how normal people think. Like I'm not going to go see that. It's a chick. It's
1: movie. a woman. Yeah, it's a woman action hero.
0: Unless it's marketed as a romantic comedy, and its its marketing goes towards. You know, wine drinking moms or whatever. You know, it's like. But uh... anyway, I was wondering what your thoughts were. On yeah, that
1: well, I agree with you totally. And, and as a matter of fact, one of the things that I uh, realized this past weekend is Animal Draft House did a woman's only screening for that movie. Yeah. Which I thought was when I saw that I was like, why? You know, why yeah, well, why, are we gotta, turning, why are we turning Wonder Woman into a feminist character? Well,
0: she's always been a feminist character. But. But and that's not but that's not the issue because Wonder Woman was and is and always always been a feminist character, or you know, she's a, empowering, a, a female empowering, empowering character. the The problem with the women only screening is it. It comes back to like basic philosophy and semantics and being consistent in your argument. And if you want to, if you want to ever test to see if your argument is consistent and moral and and holds water in in a a logical way is simply remove some words and replace them with others. Yeah. So, if right now we're talking about gender-bending male and female or black and white, gay and straight, whatever, take any of those other descriptors of a group of, of individuals and put that into that... So, remove women and put white male. Right. Remove women and put straight only. Is it remove, okay? o- remove women and you know, say guys only. And if it makes, if, if you stop and think, well wait, that's not that's not right, that's not fair, that's not how things should be, well then, your descriptor is the same. It's yeah, the exact it, same it, it's thing. A, exact same I didn't, like, people were furious and they were fighting back and forth on social media. I don't really have an opinion except for, wait a second, that's completely inconsistent to your everybody is the same and everybody should be treated equally ideal. Because if you took that one word out and changed it with another, you'd be furious, and so you're being inconsistent in your argument. Right. But um, this publicity stunt, Alamo got a lot of people. I mean, they got probably a whole lot of people that weren't interested in seeing that movie to go see it because right. they felt like social justice warriors and we're in a world of social justice warriors so I mean, unfortunately we are so, you might as well just uh i don't know i'm gonna go see it i don't care
1: yeah i mean it, to me it's just it's wonder woman
0: oh yeah dude you I know i've had a crush on her since <laughs> i was three years old <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay have you been looking forward to the toes of the crypt reboot that they were talking about putting on i heard TV? that it got canceled it sure did that's what i was letting you know that uh tnt and tvs have has put the kibosh on it and uh it will not even though they had released a trailer and some uh, promo photos and stuff it is not going to be coming up anytime soon so that one uh, that's one that has gone the wayside sadly all right uh, just I don't know we touch on this all the time but Jeepers Creepers 3 it has been confirmed that it is going to be a direct sequel to number one there will be no uh, uh, no tie-in to number two at all. Number two is just going to be kind of a, a movie that has been out there to explain things that happened between one and three, and three is just going to be a direct tie-in to number one. So they've released some shots. To, so I haven't uh, seen
0: I haven't seen two pretty much since it came out. I rewatched one um, maybe six or eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> I can't remember exactly because I, I have them mixed up in my head. What what exactly happened in two?
1: Two was the school bus of kids coming back from the basketball tournament. Okay. And uh, their bus breaks down. Well, the creeper breaks down their bus in and, order to have a the selection them. and just starts picking off some of okay. that he wants to use.
0: Because yeah, I was thinking okay, because I remember watching the first one again, and being like, wait, weren't there more people?
1: Well, because I got end, them mixed up. Right.
0: It's the same. It's the exact same feeling. And at the
1: know, end of two, what happens is the uh, the creeper right before he goes into his. Uh, hibernation, hibernation. Uh, he gets captured by the guy and his son the, the older gentleman son, whose son got killed by him and at the end of the movie he's in his barn waiting for him to wake up essentially one is going to pick up and join in there okay uh, and it, what it will be is the sister is starting to have nightmares that the creepers coming back for her and her children uh, so she teams up with the gentleman that has the body waiting for it to wake up and they hunt it down to, to kill it and finally take it out so uh, Trish Jenner was the name of the girl from the first one yeah uh,
0: I don't think you're gonna be able to kill that thing.
1: She has a teenage son that she named after her brother, uh Darry, and uh she has a nightmare that her son's gonna ha- the same thing that happened to Darry is gonna happen to her. And that's what gets her involved to try to figure out what to do to try to stop him once she wakes up again. So he's a demon. Uh yeah.
0: Hey, you can't stop him. Well like when she bashed him up with the car.
1: Oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he <they laughs> stuck a spear in his forehead. Uh they thought a Labor Day release was gonna be happening, but it's not looking likely because they're still in uh, editing and stuff and trying to get it set, and they haven't done any marketing yet, so we're going to like get maybe later than that. And the final bit of news, which I found interesting, you heard about uh, Dan Aykroyd's recent rants about Ghostbusters? Mm-mm. Dan Aykroyd has been on a tirade on Twitter and other social media complaining about the last Ghostbusters, okay. saying that... Uh, Paul Feig made a good movie, had suburb cast, and plenty of money to do it. We just wish he had been more inclusive in the originators. It cost everyone, as it is unlikely Kristen, Leslie, Melissa, and Kate will ever reprise their role as Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters which is sad. He's even just coming out saying that it was a. Uh, he publicly blamed Feig for its inability to perform at the box office, claiming that the director went 30 to 40 million over budget. While I don't think that's the sole factor in the film's failures. Uh, the reported $140 million budget to make that movie was just insane so it was never able to catch up and it ended mm. up being a box-office failure uh, he's been pointing fingers at the screenplay and the directors uh, he just he he's been just saying that it was just an all-around failure and that's the end of the Ghostbusters franchise essentially saying because they didn't include him you mm. know and the rest of the guys from the original one to uh well in our to in work our, with it
0: in our conversation about you know Wonder Woman the Ghostbusters thing was kind of the other, the, the the flip side, the the other side of the coin. Um. I would have been, and I, I haven't seen the the reboot. I don't. I, I watch movies themselves so seldomly that that's not on my on my list. And I didn't. I didn't hear
1: good things about it. I didn't want to see. I wasn't excited about it. So.
0: But um, I, I don't care. the The only way there's certain movies that you could that you could remake or make a new sequel of. Um. And the only way you could do it is either with the original cast or... Like, Ghostbusters was one of those that was just fine the way it was. And if you wanted to make it Ghostbusters sequel, where all of the new Ghostbusters are women, but it's in the same universe, and, you know, Bill Murray and Dan, Dan Aykroyd, you know, they had their legacy, and these girls are just taking on the... the uh, then fine, that's great, and I would have been probably excited. But whenever they're like, "It's a reboot," we're cutting out all the old history, right? And everybody's like, "Wait, what?" Because we get like we get, especially nerds like us, we get pissed off whenever things get rebooted.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I refuse to watch them <laughs> most of the time. Friday
0: the Thirteenth got rebooted, and I had to like bite my tongue, but I heard such good things yeah, about I'm it. I'm going to see that Then I about finally it. watched it and I enjoyed it. But man,
1: for the most part, I, I won't watch they, them. They
0: didn't. They didn't. um they didn't change the mythos. They just kind of updated the, the special, special effects. effects right? Um, but I was pissed. I haven't seen the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. I heard it sucked. Yep, I, I, that did not need to happen. Um,
1: I don't want to see the new pinhead. You, you Doug Bradley's take, my pinhead, so I'm not going to bother you, seeing you the take, next one.
0: You take a Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're like, Oh, we're going to reboot it, and we're going to take all of the prior iterations. Freddy Krueger, we're going to turn into a female now. And uh, if you don't enjoy this, if this is something that you're not interested in seeing, then you're sexist. Yeah. It's like, wait, no. You just took the concept and shit all over it and didn't told me that, like, you're taking offense at me <laughs> you shitting right. all over my franchise. And that's exactly
1: what happened with uh, the Ghostbusters. That's generation. what exactly.
0: If they, you know... I don't know even with the reboot if they would have just been like oh come see it it's funny or it got good word of mouth as just being good and funny without all that sexist bullshit tied to it mm-hmm. I would have been like okay cool let's check it out but uh We well, you
1: know as far as Aykroyd uh, complaining about this Ghostbusters uh, reboot I guess you could say I got two uh, three words I'm oh, sorry four words Blues Brothers 2000 uh huh horrible oh yeah <laughs> and he was directly involved in that you know dan, that uh dan
0: ackroyd likes a paycheck though yeah yeah no. <laughs> and that does it for the news yes
1: that wraps it up so what's your favorite lake monster uh just because of how long i've known about it nessie i would have to say mine is the one on the raft and creep show too
0: that was awesome dude <laughs> that was a
1: badass lake you monster. ever read the story the uh, story is in a uh, different seasons, is it? No, not different seasons. It's in a uh, skeleton, skeleton Cruise. Cruise. Okay, yeah, I, I believe so. Yep, yeah, it's, it's it's the the visuals in the story itself are they did very well with the actual uh, film at the of it.
0: Dude, when that movie came out, and you know I'm a little kid, and it was like the chick's asleep on the raft, Oops. and he's like reaches up and he's like Oops. feeling her up, and all of a sudden she starts <laughs> screaming because the things it's under on the her raft. face. Yeah, yeah, it gets on her face. I was like. No more boobs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, you know that uh, that idea of just a uh, an entity that can creep up on you like that is did so well with movies. I don't know if you ever saw the Ruins, but the Ruins is similar in concept, except it's a plant as opposed to just a Morpheus blob. And uh, if you get a chance, watch the Ruins. That's another real good one. I'll have to check that one out. All right. But yeah, nasty for sure. Uh, just because of one, because of how long I've known about it and the information that's on it. To the South Park's adaptation of Loch Ness Monster was all. Awesome. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster, two fifty. Monster. This is where we need a soundboard, man. I, I know. <laughs> we, need, we, we need to make a soundboard. I'm I found gonna... some software for it. I found some free okay. software for a soundboard. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little cute girl scouted the dough. <laughs>
0: Turned out to be the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs>
1: It was so scary.
0: (laughs) So, the reason we chose Lake Monsters, we're going to get into all kinds of crazy monsters. uh, But Lake Monsters, because people are going to be going to the lake. Lakes, you know, we were just talking about Creepshow 2. Friday the 13th is at Camp Crystal Lake. There's so much summer happening at the lake. and So much horror, you know, lying beneath the waves. And, um, like I said, we're not here to debunk, but one of those things about Lake Monsters... Even though they are on the cryptozoology list because they haven't been proven to be exist to to exist, um,
1: there's so many lakes with monsters, and so many photographic evidence. There's so much uh, just uh, first person accounts. Right. Uh, there's just tons of information on lake monsters, and um, there's just a wealth
0: of information. So, some of the ones we're going to talk about, you know, obviously we'll get to Nessie probably towards the end because she's the the headliner. Right. Um, but there's another uh, lock monster in Scotland called the Morag. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in Iceland called the Lagarflet Worm. Um, there's a lake in Canada. Um, the monster's named Ogopogo. Um, there's Champ in Lake Champlain. hmm and then uh, in Lake Tahoe, there's Tahoe <coughs> Tessie, and in uh, Flathead Lake, Montana, there's the Flathead Lake Monster. Yep. So uh, we're gonna talk about a few of these and just kind of, kind of discuss, kind of <coughs> just whatever comes to mind. You ever been eaten by a
1: lake monster? Uh, not that I can remember. <laughs>
0: So one of one of the things that's so interesting about them is they all look the same.
1: Yeah, if you look at the pictures that have been taken over the years of different, totally different places, they they are they're almost like some of the pictures are identical.
0: And, and even even from just the word of mouth, the the monsters look the same. They're all <clears throat> they're all large and eel-like with like a horse head. Yeah. Um, if if you don't take anything else, that's basically what these monsters look like. And sometimes they're seen up close sometimes farther away and uh but they all kind of look similar yeah in their descriptions so so you have so many different areas different climates different cultures and they're all housing the same sort of monster
1: yeah i mean you have two primary types you have the ill one and then you have the one that looks like the uh the pleio pleosaur- mm-hmm. Those are the two types you have. It's, uh, there's no in between. You know that that's that's what they all look like. Except they have a few like a. Uh, there's one. The ogre Is it Oga This is actually a, uh, considered a demon. He is a demon-looking lake dweller. Uh, the ogopogo, which is another North American one. Uh, it's in uh, british columbia can uh canada mm-hmm. uh they say that it resembles wait no that's not the one it's the one before that not ogopogo it's not ogopogo it is
0: <laughs> let's talk about ogopogo. yeah let's, talk about ogopogo. let's go ahead and get on that one while i brought it up well he's a lake demon Ogopogo yes. Is, it stands for Lake Demon. He's reported to live in the Oganon Lake in British Columbia, yeah, Canada. Yeah, that is the one I'm thinking of. Um, he's been reported since the 19th century. He's about 40 to 50 feet long sea serpent resembling an extinct Basilosaurus or Mosasaurus. <clears throat> um Skeptic Benjamin Radford notes that these First Nations stories were not referring to a literal lake monster, but instead a legendary water spirit. The problem with that assessment Mm -hmm. is that a lot of First Nations people, Native Americans, they didn't have written words. They didn't have that sort of a... uh, Document control system. Document control (laughs) So they don't know what they were talking about. Right. You, know, well, you may, know. Maybe it was Grandpa that saw the lake monster, and the description has changed a little bit over time. Maybe he got a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, a think little bit the game we played
1: in kindergarten where they put you in a circle and you whispered something to the next person. Uh, absolutely. And then you went the around the circle game. and see if it was the same thing by the time we got to the Absolutely. End. It never was. But, um, <coughs> He's basically, uh...
0: Like I said, a 40-foot-long sea serpent. He's an he's, <clears throat> he's he's an eel. He's a snake-looking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, th- you think of, like, aquatic snakes, things like the anaconda, um, just large animals that do exist but are reclusive. You don't see them very often.
1: Right. Well, if you've ever seen the show River Monsters, look at some of the fish they catch on there. Absolutely.
0: They can easily be mistaken for just a, a dragon. So one of the things that always comes <clears throat> to mind whenever it comes to these, you know, Cryptids, is although they haven't been proven out to be exactly what they are said to be, the it's one of those things like the lack of evidence does not prove that it doesn't exist, right? Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I believe in all the latent monsters, but it's hard to not believe that the people who saw it saw something. Saw
1: something. Yeah. Well, think about all the creatures of the deep that are still being dis- that we don't know about that are right. still being discovered every day. You know, that you know we never knew existed before. Absolutely. You know, there's tons of scary things out there, man. And it's very possible that there's something we're missing. Right. Because there's so few left that we're missing it every day. Well, and there's the thing is... You know, it's another deep-sea creature,
0: but like the coelacanth. That they'd only ever found in fossils. Mm-hmm. And then they thought, like, oh, this thing's been extinct for millions of years. And then they've caught a live specimen. And then since then, they've caught several. Right. But um, to the people who... Existed prior to them catching the live specimen, it was an extinct creature. And any sightings of that extinct creature was uh, probably balderdash. Right. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't true. You saw
1: something else that you thought it was. Well, when you think uh, about it, if, if there's only a few. The main reason for things to go extinct is, is man. I mean, mm-hmm. overfishing, hunting, whatever it may be if you have a few select that have been able to survive all this time they've been able to survive because they've been able to hide mm-hmm. and people haven't been able to find them so it's it's not you no know, far from the realm of possibility that these things exist right they're just smart at adapting and, and
0: hiding out. Yeah, well they, the, what is it, the quote from Pocahontas? These white people are dangerous. So They're like, oh. <laughs> La- last time one of our kind approached that boat, they threw a harpoon at him. <laughs> now his nickname is Harpoony, and he's not allowed to go near the surface. <laughs> right? We don't breed harpoony. is not allowed to have a girlfriend. You <laughs> got too close to the surface. So. <laughs> We're not going to be terrorizing those things with bombs.
1: <laughs> when you think about the theory of natural selection, you know the ones that aren't the smartest are the ones that are going to go away the fastest. Uh, you know the ones that knew to stay away, just that followed that ideal to stay away from danger. The ones that they going to survive and they're going to pass that trait on? You know, it's the dumb ones that are going to go ahead and get caught every time. and It's the dumb whales that beach themselves. It's not the smart ones. Well,
0: with be- with with whales getting beached, a lot of times there's t- there's two primary reasons a whale beaches itself. first one is it's sick and it separates and essentially it's committing suicide. Mm-hmm. The second one is that they've proven that uh, ship sonar messes with the whales' uh, navigation and sen- sends them... Haywire, um, but general whale beachings are because there's some kind of a parasite or something, and it's straight up natural selection. Like they self, they sacrifice themselves for right. the for the good of the species to to quarantine themselves and, and kill themselves off.
1: So um, I prefer my theory of uh, whales be having a communication, uh, you know, form. the the smart ones are warning the dumb ones hey you're getting close to those rocks yeah don't do that you shut up you don't know what you're talking
0: about (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so you got the river monster a pogo what what else did we talk about here um (laughs) you got plenty of So you mentioned the plesiosaur what is a plesiosaur for those of us who don't know what a plesiosaur is a
1: plesiosaur is a
0: it looks like a giant red ear slider turtle with no with, shell without a shell
1: yeah it paddles for feet uh, they were aquatic dinosaur back in the day uh, they uh, they did eat meat they were uh, they were hunters and everything uh, they were large they ranged in size depending on the type i believe it was anywhere from Twenty feet long to forty feet; Uh, they could be uh, any size in between, Uh, because there are different types. But they all look the same, Uh, similar to like lizards. You have different types of lizards; they all have the same body structure, pretty Mm -hmm. much. Uh, Same thing went with these uh, plesiosaurs. Uh, Somewhere there was one, even one uh, early kind that was only about six foot long. Uh, That you know, it's there were water dwellers. They 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 hung out in deep water. They hunted in shallow water. Uh, it's very possible some of these things have continued to exist. I mean, they look, if you look at pictures that were taken underwater, especially, especially of Nessie, there's tons of pictures of a uh, Loch like Ness monster. It looks exactly like a plesiosaur. Mm-hmm. I mean, the body structure, the neck, uh, there's even some of the paddle feet people have taken with boats underwater, it's, uh, it explains a lot. It doesn't explain the ill-like ones, but it explains the ones with the long necks that people have described sticking out of the water. Uh, Asking for 250 come out of the water, <laughs> because that was the exact same description of those. So, that is one potential explanation.
0: Now, the only uh, once again, I am not debunking, we're just discussing. But the only thing I would have to reply to that is with an animal that big in a lake or general habitat that's that small comparatively, in order to have a breeding population. So you can't just have one monster unless it's some kind of crazy immortal monster. Right. That's that's an individual with no lifespan because they've been seeing this thing for, for centuries. Dec- for centuries. For centuries. So you'd have to have, um, let's say at least a breeding pair, but a breeding a breeding uh, population is in the thousands for most animals. Uh, most most animals if they get below a sort like a, I think a few thousand. They're essentially on their way to extinction, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at an area the size of Lake Loch Ness, you'd have to have at least a couple thousand Loch Ness monsters in order to keep a breeding population, to keep it surviving, to keep it existing. Right. So that is one thing that's kind of a wrench in the works of the,
1: uh, of the science. But let's say you have one on the smaller end of the size spectrum, you know, uh, twenty feet or less. Uh, There's a there's a lake I used to fish on back when I used to tournament bass fish. Uh, It's a 500 acre lake down south of Houston, private lake, and uh, there's lots of alligators. And the biggest one that they ever caught out there was about 13 foot long, and that's a small lake, and it had a very large population of alligators that was able to exist and continue to breed. You know, we but they knew
0: alligators were out there.
1: Yeah, they'd see them. Yeah, they'd see them. Yeah, they could hunt them. Uh, but well, that's only a 500 acre lake let's say on a larger lake you have some of these smaller size ones you know you have two pair you know they're able to hide out even though they're not the huge ones they're still the biggest thing on the lake there's nothing else that's going to kill them you know yeah. they, they, they're running the top of the food chain as far as that lake is concerned it's possible
0: it's possible like i said not debunking just just, right. yeah. just having yeah. to having the discussion there um for me it 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 goes back to like ghost stories. It certainly there are people who have fabricated ghost stories who have said there's a ghost in my house because I want press or I want somebody to think I'm interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, you can't have that many similar stories over that many people
1: across that, that large of an area for that long. Talk about the the world. It was worldwide right. they found
0: them. Worldwide, you know we're talking about iceland this, china this uh la- Lagerflot worm um sightings have been logged since 1345 right and uh there's a there's a 2012 video that shows it swimming um it's it's a folktale you know folktales and legends so, um, but this is another one. It's a it's a snake-like creature,
1: up to three hundred um, feet long. Some people say.
0: Yeah, uh, below sea level, glacial-fed lake, which poor visibility. Um, longer than a bus, or so thirty-nine feet. Also been report- reported outside the water, lying coiled up or slithering into the trees. It's it's a mini humps type of lake monster, rather than the serpentine type. For example, the Loch Ness. I believe in snakes. And one of the things that snakes are really good at is camouflage. Mm-hmm. So, especially if this one can get out of the lake. And so you are you got all these people in boats with flashlights looking around being like, Where you at, monster? I got yeah. you too fitty. <laughs> and he's
1: up in the trees. <laughs> but the only thing about snakes is they're cold-blooded animals. And the largest, snakes, creatures, the, the largest snakes tend to be uh, the snakes that are in more tropical climates. See, that is, that is a statement. That is not...
0: It's, it's true about snakes. It's not true about all reptiles. But, but the larger ones. The, the largest snakes. There's snakes everywhere. But it's also like... Sharks are cold-blooded. They're
1: fish. But They're, their bodies are acclimated to go to handle the cold weather.
0: Not all sharks are cold-blooded. Okay. There's there's kind of an in-between um, with your larger sharks. Um, they, they are technically cold-blooded. But certain sharks that, that range range far and wide mm-hmm. your larger ones your great whites your um, not necessarily your your uh, not necessarily your tooth sharks but your bigger ones um, a lot of them have they, they do have the ability to uh, to acclimate
1: right um, or to uh, to uh, adjust their body temperature right you know? the reason we shiver when we're cold is our body trying to pick its temperature right. up and there's there's very uh, micro uh, vibrations that things can do in order to get that body temperature up.
0: Well, and if you look at like Tagged Great Whites, if you go onto the little Great White Registry and you look at the Tagged Great Whites, they range all the way from like Maine right, and, and further north all the way down past the Gulf of Mexico down through uh, Texas and down into the tropics. I mean... The tropics start to get a little bit warm for them, but they're they're solid down mm-hmm. um, into Mexico. You know that's where charter fishers go. Right. They, they flourish. Keep, yeah, they, they flourish down there. But if they can go from the icy climates of the north to the tropical climates, and they're cold blooded, they they've got a survival mechanism built right. into them that they can acclimate. And we're not talking like. Subcultures of certain animals that were born in this area—they're acclimated to their temperature. We're talking about a shark that, in a few months' time, can adjust
1: itself. will, to a will, area. Leave,
0: will leave Maine and flow on down to Guadalajara. Right. <laughs> you know, like maybe not Guadalajara—that's kind of far—but <laughs> uh, down into the uh, into the Caribbean. Uh, hey. yeah, it, anything's in, within the realm of possibility. So, and they didn't think that was possible to, till they started tagging those sharks and right. following where they went. And then they're like, whoa. And they also go very, very deep.
1: Yeah. And there's cold temperatures. And they live
0: deep, down right? there for a long time. They don't come up for a while. They breed down there. Like, especially the great whites. They've never seen them breed. They don't know what they do. I mean, they assume they know what they do, but... Right, they keep having
1: more. They they, they they go have rough sex deep in the bottom, and they
0: come up with scars and babies. There's a bondage
1: pit somewhere down <laughs> below an oil rig in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico.
0: And that's one of those. That's one of those things of like. There's certain cryptozoologies like thing things like the uh, the the chupacabra, for example. We probably won't even need to do a whole show on the chupacabra because it's it's pretty straightforward what it is what it does and where it's from. Yeah. Um, in all likelihood, the Chupacabra is a sick dog. It's a, it's it's a, a mangy dog. It's a mangy Lost dog all hair. that's just taking easy prey and, um, you know, whatever. Um, that's easily explained. It'd scare the hell out of you if it came out, came after you, but... But there's certain, there certain cryptids that it's easily explainable what it is if you just use a little common sense. Right. Like a lot of but the serpentine- anything, anything that gets deeper than about 40 feet whenever, you know, <laughs> whenever the light won't reach it...
1: Yeah. You gotta <laughs> wonder.
0: And it's living in silty riverbeds and, and lakes. No telling what's down there.
1: Well, a lot of the serpentine uh, lake monsters, you, you know, they're easily explained whether it be the arowana fish in Asia or just different eel-like fish. I mean, we used to... It's a jugfish or garfish, uh, you know, a lot when I lived back home in Louisiana. It, it wasn't nothing to catch a garfish that was eight foot long. Mm-hmm. And they, they skim the top of the water. You know, it's a big, huge fish. The uh, spoonbill catfish, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. Uh, they were illegal to catch for a long time in Louisiana. You actually can bow hunt them because they eat vegetation. It's hard to catch them on a hook. But those things get up to six, seven foot long. And that's a huge, freaky-looking catfish with a giant spoonbill. That, uh, it looks like a dinosaur you know and uh, it's possible because when it comes to people figuring out what size something is especially on water unless you have something next to it that you can use to, uh, to really get a basis of how big it is you have no idea people are off all the time oh yeah you know something that's only 6 foot somebody will say it's 12 well and I
0: was listening actually strangely enough a guy on the radio today he um, was I was listening to I don't know why but it was like NPR they had some uh, nature photographer on there. And he was talking about... He, he's one of these guys that goes and he, he, he hunts hard-to-find things. And he goes swimming and, you know, photographs them. And he was talking about these... Uh, I guess they're they're leopard eels. Or not leopard eels. Leopard seals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, they're they, mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken. They got some they're, they're mean yeah. and they're territorial and they eat penguins. But he was saying how he didn't want to go down because... He knew how what the reputation was. And he said, when you're looking down and you can see them swimming near the boat, they look like, you know, they're, they're like 12 feet long. They're, they're
1: huge mm-hmm. animals.
0: They're like this one was like 16 feet long. It was the same size as the boat. Right. And uh, he was with some Swedish guy that was like, you don't want to go in there. It'll tear you up. But he went in there anyway, and this one was like a mama. And she like, came up and was like being friendly to him. Like kept killing penguins and bringing them penguins, <laughs> Trying, like giving giving them penguins to, to, to uh, as a peace offering or whatever. Um, but he said that once you're when you're in the boat looking down, you can tell like the boat's 16 feet long. She's at yeah. least that big. So once you get into the water with the animal, it looks twice twice right. as big. So you know you can't j- judge because water magnifies. It's, right. it's a big magnifying
1: glass. Because when I worked offshore, you know we. We'd see huge fish. Uh, the rig, rig I was on for two years, they actually caught the uh, state record uh, marlin at that rig. The thing was uh, 15 and a half foot long. And when it broke the water, it was near the boat, so you can tell how big it was. So unless you have something to give a perspective, you really don't know. Because We used to see barracuda all the time that looked like they were, you know, they, they just hang out on the outside of the rig on top of the water waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they looked like they were, you know, 20 foot long <laughs> We you see them throw, over there. But, throw wrenches at them and stuff. Uh, we actually, one guy, we had this guy. It was Derek Hand. He got with the welder and he made this crazy looking trident that <laughs> he was bound and determined to catch a, a barracuda with. he just tie stuff onto it? Well, he, he, they put a, he welded an eye on the end of it and made I mean, he, he developed the whole thing and welded the whole thing himself. The thing weighed like 50 pounds. It was just <laughs> stupid. And uh, there was one barracuda he actually hit with it. And all it did was nick a piece of the, his head off, but we used to see that barracuda all the time because we knew the one that had the piece of his brain missing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, but yeah, he was he, he never caught anything with it. Never speared anything with it, but he tried. How high up off of the water were you guys? Well, you can go down to the plus 10, which is approximately 10 foot above the water. Oh, okay. So uh, it was a long walk down to the plus 10, but uh, that's where we used to go fishing. Because otherwise, I mean, it, it was, we used to uh, use a quarter inch rope with a one inch steel leader and we drop it about 250 foot down and we'd catch these huge, huge fish. Uh, big grouper, all, just all kinds, uh, amberjack, and we pull them up by hand. And I remember a couple times we hooked something where I wasn't gonna be able to pull it up and it actually started pulling me over. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's some, there's huge creatures down there in the go. ocean, man. Oh yeah, let it go, let it tire out, and then finally the hook would just uh, come out. we catch sharks all the time, trigger fish. Uh, and it was funny because the reason we use one inch leader because you had to get past all the crap fish on top. And if, you did, if it didn't sink fast, your bait would be gone in no time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then you'd pull them up and something else would eat them.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, uh, those barracuda, you'd catch a tuna. They were special up tuna and, and length, uh, lemon fish. When you hook a, uh, a tuna, you rarely got the whole thing back. Usually it was half. And by the time you got it back, I mean, it was just, just one swipe would cut it in half. And you yeah. ended up with a head and half the body all the time. You know, oh yeah, there's some scary stuff in the oceans.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Show me about it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so like eels, arawanas, there's a lot of stuff that can explain. They, they get massive. I mean, like I said, river monsters. My daughter used to watch it all the time. There's lots of fish out there that you know a lot of people don't know exist. That are, they, they they're monsters. They oh. look like they look like creatures. You know, from from a, a past. Oh yeah, dude, watch Finding Nemo.
0: It's <laughs> a, yeah. a scary thing for
1: a kid to watch with uh, the... Uh, those, oh, the, angler, the, ang, the
0: anglerfish.
1: Yeah. Those things are mean. The triggerfish. The, well, I've caught those a few times. Uh, I think I told you the story one time. So a guy was filleting them, He filleted half of it. Went to turn it over and it still bit the web out of his hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mean ass fish. <clears throat> so then there's the Morag, the lock monster from... Uh, well, it's Lake Morage, Scotland. Mm-hmm. After Nessie, it's the most written about of Scotland's legendary monsters. Morag is a Scottish female name, a pun on the name of the lock, reported sightings date back to 1887, and included 34 incidents by 1981. 16 of those involved in multiple witnesses. The best-known sighting a direct encounter in 1969 involved two local men, Duncan McDonnell, is there a more Scottish name than that? <laughs> Duncan McDonald And William Simpson, and their boat, with which they claimed to have accidentally struck the creature, prompting it to attack them. MacDonald defended with an oar, and Simpson opened fire with his rifle, whereupon it sank slowly out of sight. They described it as being brown, 20 to 5, 25 to 30 feet long, with rough skin, three dorsal humps rising 18 inches above the lock surface, and a head a foot wide held 18 inches out of the water
1: that was a quick tape measure they had (laughs) hold this in
0: (laughs) nothing has been proven that it's there but you know hey
1: what you gonna do right what if he
0: killed it and sank to the bottom it was the last of its kind
1: then that's it there you go and you know uh another one that uh, there was an encounter made with uh, uh purportedly uh is Ishii, which is one of the uh, more famous Japanese lake monsters, uh, lives in Lake Ikeda. Uh, People who see it say that it swims very very fast, but back in 1961, a US military uh, boat was going through the water and it hit an unidentified object. It hit something. Uh, They sent sonar down and found two real large objects down below the boat. So they sent divers to check it out and when the divers came up they said it it was something alive that attacked them and they had to get out of the water quick. So uh, that's another one that apparently had, that's a that's a fairly recent encounter when you look at 1961. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was one, that's one in Japan, which Asia has its share also. But like I said, Asia also has some big ass fish in their lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some of the, the, the types of catfish, the arowana's, eels. There's some big, big fish in Asia. Old fish too. I mean, they they live for very, very long periods of time and they, they hide out in these shallow waters in the mud and stuff. I mean, uh, snapping turtles, you, you know, I used to go hunting for snapper turtles all the time. And uh, we'd use uh, uh, hoop nets to try to catch them. But these things will stay underwater for a long time. They'll stay mm-hmm. underwater for months. You'll never see them surface. They don't have to. And they sit down there waiting for fish to come to them. <laughs> they're fat. They're large. They don't move very fast. And they just wait for food to come to them.
0: Unless they're biting you. Yeah, they, they, they move, oh, yeah, they move
1: very fast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless they get cold and then they slow down a lot. But, uh, but yeah, and some of those snapper turtles are huge. I mean, there's actually a... a I want to say it's in Iowa, Iowa, Illinois. There was a farmer there on his lake. They claimed he had a 500 pound snapper turtle under the water and people had encountered it. It was a big legendary thing. And the guy actually drained the lake back in the day to catch it because he he, he he was losing money. He wasn't making money on his farm. He needed to come up with something. So he decided to go ahead and pull this monster people kept talking about out of the lake. And they drained the lake and didn't find anything. So uh, they, didn't, they didn't find one that big. So what they're thinking is one of those things where people just were overestimating the size mm-hmm. of it. Uh, the snapping turtles are mean, no matter what size they are. I've caught baby ones that are
0: uh, yeah, the baby <laughs> ones are meaner than the big
1: ones. They're after you Cause the thing about it is, it's the, the snapping turtle is is only defense because it can't go into its shell. Uh, it's not designed that way. It's the only turtle that's designed where it, it can't hide out. So, uh, so yeah, he's got to fight. <laughs>
0: And they're ugly as hell, so like, how much did God not like you? Some are uglier than others too, man. God's creating the snapping turtle, he's like, all your brethren, they can pull in and and defend themselves
1: with their shell. And they're everywhere. I'm going to give you a shell, but you can't go in there. I've actually found one down the street from here. Oh yeah, snapping turtles. They're all over the place. I mean, I'm talking the alligator snapping turtles, the ones that get real big, the ones with the high uh, ridge back and everything those are the ones that get monstrous those are the ones that get 300 plus pounds uh and those things are old and like i said they hide out forever you'll never know they're there mm-hmm. you know it's one day they happen to come out because they got to move somewhere else to go get food there's a uh there's
0: a spot over it's an audubon society just kind of little nature sanctuary it's a uh, it's off of memorial kind of near wilcrest
1: okay
0: when i was in high school it's still there now when i was in high school i mean my friends used to go wander around in there and Tell anybody, but we used to smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and uh, so that was a good place because there was never anybody there. So right. you go walk up and down the trails and smoke, go sit down. Uh, there's like a little landing that they had. It was like a, a bite It was a beach to the bayou because Romo Creek runs through there. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so me and a buddy, dude, we're sitting there one time just we're, we're smoking smokes, and there's all these pebbles. Like they had, they tried to pave off one little thing, and they weren't complete. But there's all these rocks. We're just sitting there throwing rocks at the other side of the uh, or the creek, which it's not a very big or deep area. So we're talking maybe from where we're throwing the rocks to the other side is probably like maybe twenty feet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're not we're not hawking them. We're just kind of like tossing rocks into the water, and you know every now and then you throw it too hard and it would bounce off the the other bank and fall in. We're sitting there throwing rocks for maybe like five or ten minutes, and then all of a sudden, half the bank breaks off and swims away, it's just like boosh, and like big old. It's like it was a big old turtle. It was a big right. snapping turtle. It just like had been hiding up there in the mud and just got tired of us plinking it with the rocks. We <laughs>
1: trying to sleep. And we
0: weren't we weren't trying to think. We weren't trying to hit it with rocks. But right. Just man, didn't see it. It was a monstrous turtle, and I'm well. I'm saying a monstrous turtle it was probably like. 15, 18 inches. It's a big across, big turtle, man. You know, when a big you're used old. to the
1: little radier sliders and everything, uh-huh. it's a big turtle.
0: And uh, yeah, he was pissed. We were, we all hopped up. We're like, what the hell? <laughs> well, they, they can
1: hide out, man. Uh, alligators. Uh, we used to, I used to go casting for shrimp all the time. And uh, went with my neighbor once, and we had his son and his son's friend with us. We dropped them off at this one spot so they can go crabbing. They just wanted to throw some turkey necks out there and, and try to crab. We went casting for shrimp. We we're going for about three hours, and we come back to pick them up, and we stop to see how they're doing. And I had one of them pull up his turkey neck to make sure everything was still cool with it, and he pulled it up, and an alligator jumped out from right underneath where they were, oh, the pier they were at, jumped out and went after it. It had been there for three hours, and those boys had never noticed that the alligator was sitting under there. Mm. You know, they, they know how to hide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're very
0: good at it. Well, that was one of those things, like, a few, it was probably ten years ago, whenever they legalized uh, hunting alligators again. I remember for a while they were on the endangered mm-hmm. species list, and, um... The Houston Press had an article by this guy who was a basically a game warden, but he was a game, he he was not a game warden. He was a game trapper for the the uh, the Forestry Service, and he was talking about how hunt, hunting is not a good idea. You like the the problem with with alligator hunting is people are not really hunting them for their meat. They're hunting them for their the pelts. For the, that, for the,
1: Louisiana, we don't, you know, it's meat, but for the most part,
0: you make more money from the pelts. Right. He says, so they're going after the big ones. Mm-hmm. He says, the problem is the big ones have learned how to hide out and stay out of trouble. Right. It's the little ones that are problematic. He says, but they're also very territorial. So if you have a solidly established big one in an area who's learned how to not eat dogs, and not eat children, and not get caught by humans. That's actually a good thing, because as soon as but as soon as a hunter comes in and takes that, then his place is going to be taken by a whole bunch of small and medium-sized ones. They're going to just start terrorizing your neighborhood. Right. And I thought, man, that's the most logical uh, discussion against. Because they I mean, they were getting really bad for a while there.
1: Well, at that point, what you do is you just put a size limit, just like well, with just you know, just like with the uh, fish. Yeah, with fish, yeah. You, you can't take the breeders. You can't take the ones over a certain size because that's where your population comes from. Right. Because uh, yeah, those, those big alligators they they they've lived for decades.
0: Yeah, they've learned how to not.
1: They've established their lives. They're not going anywhere. They're, they're they found a spot. They they lived there for that long. They're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Right. Ever been to Lake Champlain? No, I have not, but I have heard of it many times. That is the home of Champ, if I'm not mistaken. It's
0: like this little tiny lake on, like, between New York and Vermont and Quebec. It's just like a little tiny, tiny, tiny lake with a big-ass monster.
1: Yes. (laughs) Of course, that is the home of Champ, uh, one of our resident monsters from the United States. Uh, Where's my notes at? It's not that one. You got some uh, info on it over there? Yeah,
0: it's it. um, over 300 reporting sightings of Champ, legends of a creature living in the lake, go back to Native American tribes. The Iroquois and the Abernaki spoke of such creature. They referred to it as the Tataskoc.
1: Now, uh, Champ is another one that's very similar to, uh, to Nessie, as far as uh, description. Uh, you know, for a long time, you know, because I had known about Nessie for a lot longer than I knew about Champ, and I just, you know, I took Champ as being they're just trying to copy off of Nessie, but there's plenty of evidence towards Nessie too, and plenty of first-party sightings of it. You know, a lot of people have seen Champ. It's uh, definitely one of the more famous ones that we've had. Uh, this video of it swimming right under the uh, surface of the water next to boats. Uh, there's photographs of it next to boats, and you can get a good size idea of it because of where they've been able to take pictures of it at. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a probably most famous one in the states, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I got that thing too. Like I remember, cause
0: Loch Ness monster always appeared in those books with like Bigfoot, Loch Ness, mm-hmm. um, whatever. So you're like, you know, there's Tahoe Tessie in uh, Lake Tahoe. Like, you're all are just cops. trying to get
1: people to come over to your <laughs> lake
0: <laughs> like don't fly to Scotland it's foggy over there come to Lake Tahoe we, we got one too uh, but Tahoe Tessie um, that's been traced back to the Indian tribes from the mid 19th century um, they say that he lives in an underwater tunnel beneath the cave rock and there's still uh, sightings in the modern day Tessie is between eight, ten and eighty feet long, having a large serpentine body as wide across as a barrel, coloration ranging from black to turquoise, usually described as smooth, despite having reptilian features. So, fits the description. Mm-hmm. And again, we we're talking about different, different uh, lizards or snakes or eels. You know, they all have slight variations, but they're all pretty similar in their descriptions. It's right. like an undulating sort of snake-like creature. Mm-hmm. A snake, an eel. Which, you
1: know, it has existed within many, many different Indian tribes. Because, uh, you know, the hometown, I'm from New Iberia, Louisiana. It's my hometown. And there's a bayou that runs through New Iberia called Bayou Tesh. And at one time, it was a main artery for uh, for commerce and trade. And uh, Bayou Tesh uh, means snake bayou. It was named after the Chitimacha tribe, which is the tribe I descend from. And uh, they have a, this, this tale that you can read about online where the name is derived from a battle between the Chitimacha warriors and this giant snake that they had to fight. And uh, they say that they overpowered the snake, but it took a long time for the snake to die. And in that time is it just writhed on the ground in this spot it dug out the bayou Tesh and that's how that's why how i got its name and that tale goes back a long time i'm talking you know pre-louisiana purchase way back when uh so yeah there's been talk of these these creatures all across the world mm-hmm. for decades man you know and it's got to be based off of something that's the thing it is based off of something right. something existed there at the time and uh, one thing you got to remember is okay you know, back in the day, uh, Indians didn't believe in wildlife conservation. So you got to think that some of these creatures they were seeing, they hunted into you know, extin- extinction or close to it. Where well, they, they more anywhere. or less
0: hunted the mammoth to extinction. Yeah.
1: They, they almost hunted the buffalo to extinction. You know, they, uh, they hunted for what they needed. They used everything they killed, but they weren't worried about how many were going to be left tomorrow. They weren't doing counts.
0: Right. <laughs> well, they followed the herds. Yeah, And if they were thin one year or whatever, they took what they needed and hope for the best right um yeah they didn't they didn't really have the 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 same concepts that we do now right like you said so let's get into the queen mother we've talked about her a few times nessie nessie the loch ness monster Monster? all she wants to fit (laughs) it
1: oh we're so scared (laughs) We're going to have to put a link for that episode or that clip of South Park so people know what the hell we're referencing that that don't know. (laughs) So basic uh,
0: ideas of what we know as the Loch Ness Monster comes from like 1933. Um... A lot of the pictures, especially the original <laughs> pictures, have been uh, proven to be a hoax. They were like deathbed confessions; like it wasn't real, which I think is the the worst kind of hoax you can ever play.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: just keep it going, right? On your deathbed, be like, "It was totally real," and they won't believe me, <laughs> you know. But um, there's sightings of Loch Ness monster going back to 565, not 1965. 565.
1: So, um... There are photographs of the Loch Ness monster going back to the 1930s.
0: The earliest reports of a monster in the vicinity of Loch Ness appears in the Life of St. Columbia by Adaman, written in the 6th century AD. According to Adaman, writing about a century after the events described, St. Columbia was staying in the land of the Picts with his companions when he encountered local residents burying a man on the River Ness. They explained that the man was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast, which mauled him and dragged him underwater. They tried to rescue him in a boat, but he was dead. Um, Columbia sent a follower to swim across the river. The beast approached him, but Columbia made the sign of the cross and said, Go no further, do not touch the man, go back at once. The creature stopped as if he had been pulled back with ropes and fled, and Columbia's men and the pigs gave thanks for what they perceived as a miracle. That's pretty miraculous. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> now the, the, thi- the thing uh, well let me finish this believers in the monster point to this story set in the river nest rather than the lake as evidence for the creature's existence as early as the 6th century skeptics question the narrative's reliability not- noting that water beast stories were extremely common in medieval hi- whatever and Edmund's tale probably recycles common motif attached to local landmark, which is again one of those things where a skeptic says, "Well, there were other lake monster stories. But that's not debunking. Well, no, like yeah, that's like you you can't you can't say there's not a monster in that lake because people have been talking about that monster since before. Wait, what? (laughs) How does that prove that there's not a monster? Right. The fact that other people People are talking about about the monster, Um, (laughs) but you know what? Whatever. There's been multiple sightings through many, many, many years. There's been expeditions to find it. There's Mm -hmm. been underwater pictures, all kinds of crazy underwater
1: pictures, and they all they they all are pretty uh, similar. Similar. Yep. I'm talking about from the pictures going back to 1933 to the pictures to, you know, uh, when was this one taken? Uh, 1977. They, they're all similar.
0: Well, and we were talking about the snapping turtles. And Loch Ness is a silty lake. That's one of the reasons I've never gotten any really good stuff mm-hmm. out of it is because it's it's full of peat. Right. It's it's full of silt. It's, it's a dark lake. And there's no visibility, hardly at all. But, uh, like we were saying, if you... If you take the, the drunken fisherman story and then you add the fact that water distorts perspective and maybe it's, it's one of those things like even if it is just a big ass turtle, even if it is just like one of those turtles that just managed to survive, like the Galapagos turtles lived to 130 years old. Right. And they continue to grow pretty much their whole the life. life. Right. If you have some kind of aquatic turtle that lives at the bottom, or you know lives near the land, and it's caked in mud, and most of the time you don't see it, um, even if the Loch Ness monster is just a big ass turtle that's like eight feet long, that doesn't make it not exist. Yeah. So that's one of those things. There's something there. And saying that that there were accounts. Like you. Your account is invalid because there was other similar accounts <laughs> previous to that. Like doesn't doesn't invalidate the account. <laughs> and there is I don't I don't know um, I can't say for for Loch Ness, but there are sea creatures like the bull shark, for example. Uh, we've talked about it before. How Jaws was inspired by that terror of New Jersey when the bull shark swam up the river. Right. So like so far inland as there's not supposed to be sharks in that fresh water. Right. But they can switch teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they, they just, it's a slow uh, adjustment to brackish water. And because there's fresh water, we, we catch sharks in, in very light salinity water in Louisiana. They just swim up these canals. And they if they adjust themselves, they a lot of them can do it.
0: Uh-huh. And they're not the only ones. And... Turtles, reptiles, amphibians, like, they're
1: they're designed to survive. And if you see the size of some sea turtles, because I've seen sea turtles on the rig before, too, that have up to the rig. It's huge, man. Mm. And it's, it's, you know, how do we know there's not a, a, you know, a member of the sea turtle family that we didn't know existed and we thought was extinct? And there's only a few left in some, you know, some of these lakes and everything that, you know, they've been around for hundreds of years, but we just, there's so few of them we didn't realize it. But Nessie is a pleosaur. <laughs> I'm I'm firm in that belief, uh, just from the just the photographic evidence of Nessie is vast, and like I said, they, they they're all so very similar. It's almost as though the pictures were taken the same day, and these are pictures that span decades from each other. In December 1954,
0: sonar readings were taken by the fishing boat Rival Three. Its crew noticed a large ob- object keeping pace with the vessel at a depth of about 480 feet. It was detected for uh, 2,600 feet before contact was lost and then regained. Uh, previous sonar attempts were incl- inconclusive or negative. So there's been aerial photographs, there's been sonar, there's been visit, you know priests casting spells on them from the banks. Um, Apple Maps. Let's see. What is this? On April twenty-fourteenth, it was reported that satellite images on Apple Maps showed what appeared to be a large creature just below the surface of Loch Ness. At the locks far north, the image appeared about 30 meters long. Possible explanations were the wake of a boat. With the boat itself lost in the image, seal caused ripples or floating wood.
1: But the thing about it is, the debunking uh, uh, theories are just theories. Also, you can't prove it either way, so you haven't debunked anything yet. You know when, I, when people throw that out there, it's like you still haven't debunked anything because you can't prove to me as that. You know. Right. Well, no, no, no. That's the thing
0: is, I like. It's one of those things when it when it comes to debunking that always. Like I said, you know, just like there's always gonna be somebody that's like, Oh, that's not real. Prove it. But I have encountered people, especially if you ever get into like a political debate on, uh, on- online, for mm-hmm. example, people are so set in their their perceptions, so set in what they want to, to, to see or know, that they're really unwilling to look at evidence for one way or the other. Right. Right. And um <clears throat> you know i've had i've had incidences where it was on some political subject where there were there were case studies and statistics that supported my view and i would go and like throw them out there but the response was not statistics and evidence to support their view it was like well your evidence is flawed for these following reasons well Okay, great, but give me counter evidence. But right. sa- saying that something is a log from a satellite view is is a little bit like, well, <laughs> I can't accept that as uh, definitive. As definitive, um, it's a boat. It's a it's a, a boat wake, but there's no boat.
1: <laughs> oh well, that just got lost in the
0: uh, in the transmission of the video. I don't know. Like I said, I. I had there's this part of me it's my childhood part this that childlike part of me that wants it to be real
1: yeah that's why I, 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 you know I, I believe it's real you know I, wa-
0: I want it to be real um, whether it's real or not I don't have a definitive answer um, I kind of really want it to be so I still romanticize the unknown and you know they're, they're discovering new species of bug all the time yeah you know they're fair enough they're small. But they're discovering new species of things all the time. And especially with our technology and the scientific method, and they're coming up with different ways to classify things and reclassify things based on new evidence, um, that is just too far off the realm of possibility that there's some reclusive, elusive creature that learned not to show itself. Right. Um, or if it did show itself, to show itself... Uh, to people with really blurry cameras. You know? <laughs> old, old Mitch Hedberg. It's like, maybe the problem is that the great the the uh, Bigfoot is blurry, which makes it even scarier, is because there's a big out-of-focus monster running around. <laughs> like the camera's just fine, but the monster itself is blurry.
1: Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the forest creatures next time, speaking of old Sasquatch I, I do, there. I,
0: I, do, I do want to go to Loch Ness, though, because I, want, I would like to just take a look around and yeah. see if I can see the monster but Glamis Castle so like all those pictures of the Loch Ness monster or all the pictures of Loch Ness always has that that castle mm-hmm. in the background Glamis Castle is apparently one of the most haunted places in the world
1: I've always heard there's a lot of just mystery of that whole area
0: so I mean that, that would be a cool trip
1: oh yeah <clears throat> well like I said just just to be where Nessie lives. Like I said, this has been part of my life, my entire life, I've known mm-hmm. about Nessie. Oh, yeah. I don't remember ever not knowing about Nessie. It's,
0: it's weird, kind of, too, because we can use our powers for good or evil. You, you probably read most of your Nessie stuff out of, like, Mysteries of the Unexplained type books yeah. And, yeah. and magazines and stuff like that. Um,
1: Ripley stuff. Ripley where, believe it or not So,
0: Whereas now we have the internet, so if somebody wants to believe, they can find all kinds of supporting data. And if somebody wants to be skeptical, they can find the identical supporting data with really quick fingers. Um, none of it proves one way or the other, but it just supports whatever view you want to take.
1: Right. And I remember seeing all these pictures post-internet, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, still the same pictures that we're looking at today. as proof of Nessie. And... uh it's funny how people try to debunk so many of them but some of them there's no debunking involved at all it's just this is a picture of nessie and that's yes. it. you know just there's no way we can say it's something else yeah this is just the way it is it's a
0: bunch of otters
1: i <laughs> heard a funny otter story the other day, but I, <laughs> I know we're already long i don't want to get into it but it was pretty hilarious did you, did you eat an otter? No, this diver was saved by an otter. And he uh he's he, in an interview afterwards. this Otter like came and he was drowning and the otter like pulled him out of the water and brought him to the surface and stuff. And uh he said that the otter was like sent from God. Yeah. And uh, you know just picture God up there saying, "Otter! You're, you're, you're Get out, to work. You're, you're, otter, you're you're in, you're in the game." <laughs> That's awesome. And Otter's just been waiting for this call his whole life, and finally he gets into action. Stranger Things have happened, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you keep using like, Otter! I was
0: thinking of uh, Homeboy from Animal House. Yeah! <laughs> it's, like, with his little, with this little uh, pledge beanie.
1: <laughs> Your name is Flounder. <laughs> Why not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, that's been episode one. Of uh, the cryptozoological society, where we're gonna come at you like we need to get monocles and top hats, and we can sit around with pipes and go, oh yes, oh yes, yes, this research, oh, yes. there was a time. <laughs>
1: um,
0: we got to do it in an unhipster like way. We can't we can't do the handlebar mustache that hipsters mm, no. do.
1: We got we got to get old top hats, and it's got to be legit. Monocles are cool. I go, and yeah, actually, I got a call of the day about some old. Uh, Pocket watches, which we could do a little pocket watch. You know, invest with a pocket watch. Let's do it. <laughs> one of these days we got to
0: talk about the me- megalodon. Well, that giant great white shark
1: that's like 60 yeah, feet long. Yeah, yeah.
0: That'll be an episode in and of itself.
1: That's the one where they have that picture of the scientist standing in the mouth uh, or the jaws of it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, I remember that from the encyclopedias back in the day in the Ripley's uh, books back in the day. Well, you've, al- you've always
0: heard the story of Jonah and the whale? Mm-hmm. But the Bible says fish.
1: <laughs> hey, you know? Yeah, they have you know. Just saying. Could be mistaken. Whales don't Stay eat then. people, right? So by accident. But fish do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fish don't care. <laughs> Especially <laughs> sharks. Giant shark don't care. You,
0: know, you got it. You got a shark big enough that it can swallow you whole without even thinking about it. You can live in that cavity for get a week. past
1: the teeth. <laughs> they have a slow digest, digest, digestive system. So yeah, hey, you know,
0: you figure out you get past that whole needing to breathe part, you might have. You just find a little air pocket and just take little breaths. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about that. Hey guys, that's been episode thirty-six. It's been fun. Uh, hey, we got our business cards in. So uh, we'll be flinging them at you like, uh, like ninjas with, with business cards instead of throwing stars. Um, you know
1: what? Let's do a giveaway next show.
0: Okay. You gonna give and what? I'm
1: going to give away just to go along with that business card thing. A handful of business cards? So, That's an awesome giveaway. Cards with Weapons book, <laughs> uh, which is a very famous book that is out of print. That is a, a almost a Bible for a lot of uh, magicians out there. But uh, that way you can learn how to use the Scary Dad business cards as weapons for your own personal defense hey and we'll send you some free cards too <laughs> it's for practice what what outward music do we need for this well we gotta definitely you gotta uh play the interview with the most famous uh my favorite uh witness to loch ness monster which would be uh chef's dad
2: we're not r2 cracker's just cute as the dickens your chef's parents? Yes, all oh, his life. We have to talk to him. Well, he should be out now directly. Oh, he's so excited about the wedding, now. Say, would you crackers like to hear about the time we saw the Loch Ness Monster? No, that's okay. Oh, must have been about seven, eight years ago. Me and the little lady was out on this boat, you see, all alone at night. When all of a sudden, this huge creature, this giant crustacean from the Paleolithic era, comes out of the water. We were so scared, Lord I mean, I jumped up in the boat and I said, Thomas, what on earth is that creature? And it stood above us, looking down with these big red eyes. Oh, it was so scary. And I yelled, I said, what do you want from us, monster? And the monster bent down and said, I need about three tree fitty. What's a Three dollars and fifty He wanted money? That's right. I said, I ain't giving you no tree-fitty, you goddamn Loch Ness Monster. Get your own goddamn money. I gave him a dollar. She gives him a dollar. I thought he'd go away if I gave him a dollar. Well, of course he's not gonna go away, Nelly. You give him a dollar, he's gonna assume you got more. And that was the third time we saw the Loch Ness Monster. Then one time, I believe it was July... August. August. There's a knock on the door. I open it. And there's this cute little girl scout. Oh, she was so adorable with the little pigtails Now, and, and she says to me, how would you like to buy some cookies? And I said, well, what kind do you have? She had thin mints, graham crunchy things. Raisin oatmeal. Raisin oatmeal. And I said, we'll take a graham crunch. How much would that be? And she looks at me and she says, I need about three fitty. Three well, it was about that time that I noticed this Girl Scout was about eight stories tall and was a crustacean from the Pledaloo girl. The Loch Ness Monster. I said, damn it, monster, get off my lawn. I ain't giving you no tree fitty. It said, how about just two fitty? I said, oh, now it's only two fitty. What is that, a on Loch Ness munchies or something? Lord, he was angry. Damn right I was angry. Not you, the monster. He was about to kick your ass. Uh, such shut your mouth, woman. Uh, can you just tell Chef we were here? Sure. That crazy old monster. Now, then the fourth time I told of was- Could I have your attention, please? Tomorrow my son is going to get married to a beautiful lady. I'm very happy for them both. Oh there I go. I told myself I wasn't gonna cry now. It's okay, Pop. Tom, if you're gonna get me going now. I remember when Chef was just a three-year-old little man. He came running up to me with a big smile and his little chef's hat on, and he said, Papa, Papa, I said, what do you need, chef, my boy? And he said, I need about three-fitty. Three-fitty? Well, it was about that time I got suspicious. I said, chef, why do you need three-fitty? He said, my imaginary friend Google the Dinosaur wants it. I went to my son's room. And sure enough, there was the long-nosed Monster. Oh, it was scary! I said, damn it, monster, you stop bugging my children now. We work for our money in this house, and we don't give money away. Excuse me, sleeping, I was just thinking really hard. And then these aliens had me up on their ship, right? They was proving me and all that. We had taco salad that night. Don't matter what we had for dinner, woman. Now this alien had a big head and big black eyes and it was all bent over me. I said, what do you want from me, alien? And do you know what he said? Tree Fitty. Uh, Let me tell the damn story now. He said Tree Fitty. And so I realized that it wasn't no alien. It was that goddamn Loch Ness monster again, trying to trick me into giving him Tree Fitty by dressing up like an alien. Don't that just beat up? I just gave him Tree Fitty the week before. What? You gave that monster another damn Tree Fitty? He tricked me. Well, no wonder the damn monster keeps coming back to our house. You keep giving it Tree Fitty.
1: But, music! Uh, Let's see what we can do for music, uh... (laughs) I got an idea for one, but... uh, SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. Got it! (laughs) Stay scary, guys! (laughs) Take care!
2: Ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh, Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Be something you wish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish.